0: Hello, folks, and welcome into the Ope That Makes Sense podcast featuring your host, Alec Langle, alongside roommate and friend Eli Ellenzone.
1: Alec, how are we doing today?
0: (laughs) Oh, just great. Pleasure to have you here as I do every night. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, and one thing I want to say before we get this podcast too far underway is uh, to all those out there listening... This is not going to be a podcast aimed to inform or educate, nothing of that matter, because if anything, listening to this, you might lose brain cells. So I'd like to tell you that this podcast is out there solely to entertain, or to, if you can't find that group of guys to bullshit with, do it with us, because we're some of the best, and we'd love to have you join us. Thanks. Let's get underway.
0: Yeah, so in this podcast, we are literally going to talk about anything and everything. It all started from us basically every night drinking and just start talking about life. We're a couple guys that like to bullshit, like to be real at times, like to be goofy, and we figured, you know what, that's got to entertain someone. And if you're listening, then we got you hooked already, so that's perfect. (laughs)
1: Like you said, Al, I mean, the deal is here... We're probably going to get into some topics that we know quite a bit about. And we're probably going to get into some topics that we don't know a fucking thing about. But we'll act like we do. You'll think we do. And we'll all go on like normal.
0: You're damn righty. So uh, just some quick introductions if you don't know us. But chances are, first episode, if you are listening, you probably do know us. But anyways, a couple kids from Northwest Iowa, Lamar's, the ice cream capital of the world. I'm uh, 22 years old. Let me know. Oh, whoa, whoa. Before I even get any further.
1: How many times have you actually been to the ice cream parlor?
0: Oh, <laughs> three maybe? Three. Four.
1: They build this mecca to ice cream and you've been there three fucking times.
0: Maybe we just take it for granted.
1: <laughs> well, we do. But I mean, it's great ice cream. It is. But the fact of the matter is I could get it at Walmart. Probably for quite a bit cheaper. Oh, yeah. Alec, that look of disgust and the first sip of that drink you just had, it looks like we've got to add a little more Dr. Pepper.
0: I, I think we do. Here's we do. the
1: deal, folks. We are maybe going to be enjoying a couple of alcoholic, eh, adult beverages during this podcast, you know, but we are both of the age, so it's not a problem. No. Anyways, Alec, back to introduction.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. 22 years old from Lamar's, Iowa. Grew up on a farm my whole life. Oldest of five kids, so obviously I'm the smartest. And, uh, farm, do some electrical work on the side, and uh, just lo- love life on the old farm, farmhouse here with Eli.
1: All right, so I guess that brings it to me. 21 years old, graduated with Alec, went to the same uh, high school, Gale Catholic, graduated the same year. Never did grow up on a farm, but spent a lot of my free time out there. So between uh, playing sports, fishing, hunting, farming, raising cattle, Had one hell of an upbringing, and I think it brought me to where I am now. I'm proud of it. You know, some people may not be. You look at me, you know, you may have a few questions, but uh, I think it's done us well. I think it's done both me and Alec well. our upbringing. So with that, a little bit of an introduction, and uh, we'll get into our first topic. Alec doesn't know it. I do. We'll see what he has to say. You
0: ready for it, Alec? I have been waiting. Ever since you said you couldn't tell me yet, I've been quite curious. So let's let's get her on your way.
1: All right. So I'm at my job at uh, TransOva Genetics this morning in Sioux Center, Iowa. And I'm loading a uh, feed loader, uh trying to feed some cattle and loading it and listening to the radio as always. And I hear an ad for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Deal is... It's not chicken, it's plant-based chicken. So my question is, if you're vegan or vegetarian, what is the drive to eat chicken? Why are we tailoring these products to make them plant-based for vegetarians or vegans when they are the vegans or vegetarians in the first place? Why would they want Kentucky Fried Chicken? Right? Why are they wanting to eat chicken? Think that's about it. Burger King making the whatever Whopper. What is it? The freaking, I don't know, impossible Whopper or yeah. whatever the hell it is. Yep. Or whatever it is. Why are we trying to make a cheeseburger to tailor to these people who don't want cheeseburgers in the first place? Tell me that. Why are they trying to make chicken for those who don't want chicken? Why are they wanting to make cheeseburgers for those who don't want cheeseburgers?
0: Uh, that's, that's a... That's very intriguing. That makes a lot, of, makes a lot of sense. The points you're bringing up, but uh, I'd say first of all, probably all comes down to the bottom dollar. They're just trying to make more money, trying to appeal to everybody. Even though what percent of people are actually vegans and vegetarians? I'm actually curious about that.
1: Probably the same amount of people that rather eat a salad over a cheeseburger. So why the hell are you making a cheeseburger that's not a cheeseburger? Making a salad, you know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, if you want a salad, eat a salad. If you don't want a cheeseburger, don't eat a cheeseburger. I mean, they're they're saying that these products are more sustainable to the environment than straight up cheeseburgers, chicken, what have you, livestock produced and eventually turned into consumer products. So you're going to tell me that the thing has worked for, whatever, 10 generations In the United States since it's been a country to make livestock produced consumer products and now it's not sustainable now that you want to tailor to vegetarians and vegans why are we trying to make a not cheeseburger be a cheeseburger at this point we call a spade a spade why are you trying to make something that's not a cheeseburger into a cheeseburger. These people don't want cheeseburgers. Why are we making cheeseburgers for them? Now, at the same time, obviously, these companies can do whatever the hell they want to do if that's what they want to do. And if they're making, they must be making money doing it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it.
0: Well, and that's the other thing is how how long are they going to keep doing it? I mean, obviously, if it does make them money, they will do it. Or do they have another reason reasoning behind why they're doing it? What, what is there else to gain from doing it?
1: I don't know. I mean, they made... Burger King started this whole deal a while back. Mm-hmm. And then no one else really got on the train. And this is the first time I heard KFC made this chicken that's not chicken. It's plant-based. Well, I'll tell you what. Who the fuck wants plant-based fried chicken? Probably nobody in the world. But at the same point, someone does or they wouldn't make it. But why are you wanting fried chicken... If you're a vegan or a vegetarian.
0: And that's the thing. What if they don't, and this is all just a political thing to look like you're politically correct, like you're pleasing every group? Maybe they are just trying to look Because better. God forbid in this world, if you offend or don't uh, have the available, availability of products, that pleases absolutely every single different person in the world.
1: Well, that might be it, too. Is they might just be trying to please people. or You know... You may not, you might be a vegan or a vegetarian, and you never thought to eat a Kentucky Fried Chicken because they have fried chicken. You don't want fried chicken. Well, now all of a sudden you hear that they're just tailoring something towards you, and maybe that alone is going to bring you there to try it.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's, a, maybe they're just trying to bring in new customers. So my question to you is, obviously you're a cattle guy, and I'm, a, I'm more of a grain guy, so it will, it will affect me, just not as direct as you. But do you see that extra added product putting any decrease into the demand for your beef?
1: Well, this uh Burger King Impossible Whopper, whatever. What I that's why I, I think that's what. I'm
0: I saying. think you're right, yeah.
1: Um <clears throat> been around for a year plus for sure. Yeah. Maybe two. Um and that was I don't know that that had much of an impact on anything because I don't think you're having people that would normally order a cheeseburger switch to a plant-based burger, you know? So like they're probably going to sell the same amount of cheeseburgers as they did before, but now they're just going to add another product. So I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone's going to switch from normal beef to this plant-based beef, so I don't think we're really seeing an impact. Something that we have been seeing an impact from is the c 19 COVID-19. But uh, that's a whole other story that we'll probably get into we'll probably later. See. So but, you're so anyways, saying it's not a competitor. I'm not seeing it as a competitor because okay. I haven't seen any differences in the market. I don't think it's going to be a problem. Okay. And I don't think it'll be a problem.
0: Well, that that's good. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds like we'll still be in business and Eli will still be paying his bills for a while here yet.
1: Exactly. Paying the bills. Not making any money. Barely scraping by.
0: That's, that, and that's when you know you're living life like you should be, folks.
1: Mm-hmm. When you can just barely afford the beer you want to drink every night, that's when you know you're living life the right way.
0: <laughs> Damn freaking right. Speaking of which... Eli Zone, of course, has a nice old regular bush in his, in his hand. Not even a bush light. He uh, went bush. with the regular bush.
1: You know what? I did not go with it. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Okay. So, big time, uh, long story here. So, we'll start out. I'm ice fishing out at a buddy's pond. We like to call it Nohava Lake. Just a little farm pond, maybe... Mm, 20 minutes from here, I'd say. So I'm fishing. Fishing's going good. I'm about ready to be done for the night. So I call up the buddies. I say, hey, you want to have a drink out at the place tonight? We get a couple takers. And then I realize, you know, Eli, you've got no beer at the place. You've got no whiskey at the place. You've got no alcoholic beverages at the place. So I'm scram, scramble mode, trying to call anyone I can who hasn't left town yet because if you don't know me and i live a little bit out of town maybe 10 12 minutes out of town and i was 20 minutes in the other direction so rather than go all the way into town get some booze come back out have a night i figured if i catch one of my buddies coming out of town before they get here i'll just have bring me some booze and i'll pay them back for it. So I call up one of our good buddies, Chris Baynosh, who I think is someone we're going to have to have on this podcast. I, I think so, too. In the future. If this goes right, we're going to have to bring in Chris as a guest, because if you like us, you're going to love Chris, because Chris is just that guy that he will entertain you. He'll blow, you, blow your socks right off, and he'll say something that you've never, ever heard come out of anyone's mouth, and you'll not see it coming from any direction.
0: Well, he didn't have a phone till what, 16, maybe? Maybe 17. Maybe 17. So that, he's very old school, very down to earth. You'll like
1: him. Anyways, like I said, you'll hear him. You'll hear him. the So Chris Baynotch is heading out of town, you know, with Model T, coming out here. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Chris, you know, I don't have any booze at the place. I know you're always carrying cash. I get a little cash on me. How about you pick me up a case of beer, and uh, I'll pay you when you get out here. He's like, oh, is this for a friend? I say, yeah, it's for a friend. He goes, well, oh, does this friend like Bush Light? I said, fuck yeah, this friend likes Bush Light. He said, this friend, uh, but this guy drinks Bush Light every night of the week if he can't. He's like, all right, I'll see what I can't do. I'll probably stop at the old local Quickstar or something and grab me a case of beer. I was like, perfect. Hang up the phone. I think I got it taken care of. I'm feeling good. I get home. I walk in the door. I see Chris is here. Alex is here. Luke is here. Playing a little cards or something. And uh, well, Chris, you got that beer? Oh, yeah, it's right there. I look at the case of Bush beer, no Bush Light, just Bush beer, and you know I I have had Bush beer in the past. I enjoy it enjoy it thoroughly. I really think it's a good product. The only problem with it is I get too damn full before I get drunk. And here's the deal with me: I mean, little known fact about myself, it takes me a little bit of beers to get feeling good. So with this particular product, I. uh get full before i get drunk so my usual tactic with this now that it's what i have i will start with some sort of whiskey some sort of mixer get good and feeling good maybe throwing in some nicotine and then i start on the beers and so that way i don't have to rely solely on the beers to get that buzz i'm looking for so it works tonight and that's what i've been doing uh, i was out at the farm earlier which is where i spend a lot of my time
0: and get, folks before we get too far into it just to give you some perspective eli what's the most beers you've had in one day <laughs> just just so they know how how much yeah, you normally are yeah.
1: you know i've always been one to say people that count are what we would call pussies You know, and it's not the truth because if I've had a big night and I know I, if I know I'm set up for a good day of drinking, I would, I'll keep a close tally. I mean, I won't be accounting like, ooh, notching on the back of my hand with a pen. That's one, that's two. But I kind of know where I'm at. So I would say there was this one night names, you know, when I used to be in college, used to be a big party or used to be pretty, uh, Pretty uh, in shape as far as drinking goes. Oh yes. Alcoholic no, can't be in college. So <laughs> I we start the day with a Darty and I know we got a party bus coming up that night, so I knew we were in pretty good shape to put some away. So I started the day probably I don't know, ten o'clock, dartying. Playing darts, playing dice, playing pong, you know, no kegs or nothing so we can count the cans pretty easy. A little hammer slogging maybe. You know, the good stuff. And uh, I drank one case of beer by about 3 or 4 o'clock. And started on another one. And probably knocked down 10 or 12 more before the party bus at 7 o'clock. And after that, I can't tell you a a very good amount of how many I had once I got on the party bus. But I'm going to venture to say a... Humble five or six. So that brings our total to somewhere's about 40. 41, 42. <laughs> well, I count, Bill. 41 or 42 beers. And I know that we've had some keggers where if you put that in a 12-ounce can form, I've come close. Because we've had kegers where we'll get two kegs. We might have five or six buddies drinking on the damn things. And we'll finish it in a day. <clears throat> So I would say, for rough government math, my total in a day is probably right around that forty mark.
0: So, and what and what would you? So the listeners know, what would you say gets you feeling pretty good? As far as the number, yes. <laughs>
1: um, just beer. No, yes, side just beer. Just no beer. shots. No nope. whiskeys. No. No Mickey extras. Keys. Nope. No extras. Just the beer. Um. I'd say by the sixth one, I know I'm drinking, and by probably like that tenth one, I've got a good buzz going, and by like fifteen, I'm in a good mood. So, by forty, you know where you're at, but that's about it. I remember, here's a quick little story, so this, that same night, I drank, drank these beers or whatever, and we're sitting on the front step of a buddy's house where the bus is going to load us up. And this buddy, particular buddy, he's got a few guys over, a few friends. Everyone getting on the party bus. So there might be 30 of us at this house. But keep in mind, we're getting on the bus at 7. Probably about 5.30. I have my dog in Ames. So I put my dog on the leash at home at the Waffle. And I uh, walk over to my buddy's house with the dog. I'm in my pajama pants for no reason at all.
0: A guy likes to be comfortable, though
1: the guy does as Alex in his museum pants right now being comfortable Damn same life. same idea so I walk over to this house with my dog I say a few hellos maybe five six pound a beer or two walk home put the dog away whatever go back to the house gotta load the bus at seven o'clock so it's about 630 and uh I break out another case of beer to get ready for the night and I'm sitting on the front step of this house with me and a buddy and uh start cracking a few, have a few. And by the time seven o'clock rolls around, bus pulls up, people start flooding out of the house. About that time, I feel it all coming up. Now by the, I mean, when you've had 30, 35 beers, that'll happen. So I'm looking around, looking around, I'm like, whoa, where am I gonna do this? It's coming up, gotta go. So I just look over my left shoulder, nothing but green grass. Just one of these. Everyone's walking out, just one of these. Everything I had before. Out gone. I'm restarted on it right, for the night. So, well, that was a bush light. I can't do that with bush beer because it's just too heavy. But I can do that. Uh, okay, here's another story. We're on drinking stories. We'll, we'll get we'll get out of the way. Another story. My buddy Cade Webner, probably a guy we might just have on the podcast. He
0: might even get on. folks. He's so not a bad guy. Stay tuned. The podcast.
1: He's got a couple of ideas you might want to hear. So. Cade Webner was a freshman in college. We're sophomores at this point. He's a year younger than us. 801 day, which those of you who don't go to Iowa State or are not familiar with Iowa State, 801 day is like biggest party day of the year. It's so a Saturday before classes start. And the whole deal about 801 is if you're participating, you are to be drunk by 801 in the morning.
0: Not to be confused, some people think you just have to take a shot at 8.01 in the morning. And some people play by those rules. But if you are a tr- truly a cyclone at Iowa State University, you will be drunk by 8.01 a.m. on drunk. that Saturday.
1: Drunk. Drunk. So, we start drinking at probably 7 o'clock. Which, an hour to get drunk? Yeah, you're right. Probably not quite enough. But we were, we were trying our damnedest. So we start drinking at seven o'clock. I'm drinking Captain OJ's, which has never been a good thing for me, but I love them. Love them, but I'm hammered every and time. And
0: folks, if you don't know anything about orange juice mixing that with literally anything, you will be quite, quite intoxicated <laughs> before you even know it. You're drinking orange juice. You're ba- it basically at takes whatever
1: rate you like like to drink the orange juice.
0: Yes, just ask Lucas McCarty about that. <laughs> Shout out to Luke.
1: Luke will be on. You'll meet Luke. Anyways. I'm drinking Captain OJ's. We're drunk by 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, we start making breakfast. Um, side note, our apartment, the 226, which was a legendary apartment in the social back in the day, smelt like breakfast sausage the rest of the year. You could not walk in that door. After 8 one day, the first Saturday of classes, until spring when we got let out from COVID that year, probably March or so, Smelled like breakfast sausage every single day of every week of every month as we lived there. Smelled like breakfast sausage. Anyways, we're drunk by 8 o'clock or well on our way. And we go to the party at our buddies, CJ, Welty, Justin, Dyersville area. Guys are throwing the party for Ada one day, at least the morning party, before we find something bigger. So we take Cade with us. He went to go get breakfast with us and we take him to Marigold. And we're playing darts in the side of this the side of the house. And darts for you the beer darts, for those of you who don't know, you sit in a circle with all your buddies, you put a beer between your feet, and there's three darts. You throw them around. If someone hits your can with the dart, you drink the beer down to the dart hole so that your beer quits leaking, and then you're good. You put it down. After two holes, it's a finish. So anyways, we're playing. We'd been playing for a few minutes, and Cade wasn't playing. He's a little skittish. yet. Yeah, he's a freshman. First college party, first big college party. He's a little skittish, and he's standing next to me. He's watching me play and stuff, and someone hits me. It's I mean, it's probably the third beer I've had since we started the game, and someone hits me at the very bottom, which means I had to finish to the hole, so I had to drink a whole beer. I pound this beer. Once again, I look over my shoulder. No one's there. Dart in hand. Puke everything I had, all the breakfast I had that morning, puke, gone, out in, the, out in the grass, in the lawn. Wipe my mouth off, pick up my dart, throw it, smoke somebody. That's just how it goes. When you go to Iowa State, I mean, i would never been to another college. Rarely have I been to another college. But no one does it like the Cyclones do. And I think Alec can attest to that. And while Alec does attest to that, I'm probably going to take a piss and I'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Sounds good. So essentially, when you're playing darts, and one thing Eli, Eli never mentioned is if you hit the top of the can, that's also a finisher. And you can get those, those rare ones where you can slip the dart right in between the little tab where you open up, and those are legendary shots. I've seen shot. three of those
1: in my day.
0: And let me tell you, as, as Eli's pissing, he has played a lot of darts, as, as have I. But uh, anyways... It it always seems like a great idea because you're drinking. It's fun to throw something around, but it it really never never fails that someone just don't get a dart right in the foot. And that that is that is the one danger of all this.
1: Let me ask you, like, how many people have you hit in darts? Ooh. Dart to flesh. How many people? How many times?
0: Probably three or four.
1: Any serious? Casualties at all? No serious casualties, (laughs)
0: but still like a fuck, that hurts type deal. You've gotten hit or you've hit people? I've gotten hit once. I've hit people four. Where'd you get hit? Just right in the top of the foot. (laughs) what do you have on for shoes? Well, I mean, your typical tennis shoes, your Nike free, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, so I've, I've seen some people play this game. I've played this game a lot. And I'm not dumb. So I put the can furthest away from my feet as possible. But you'll play with some people who they'll wear freaking open toed flip flops and put the can between their feet in a manner that their feet are touching either side of the can. And the can's sitting right in there. And they'll just be totally comfortable.
0: Yeah, you get those people in Burks and they just don't realize. Berks, that's the worst. Burks. Because everyone wears them. And, and wears them. for one, we're not all. I mean, could we have been? I mean, that's up in the air, collegiate athletes. But, but we're all not that great. So, And especially you get a few beers in or a few 10, 20 beers in you. Where that dart's going? Who fucking knows? Because you can barely see where you're throwing the dart at.
1: Exactly. I've hit one person. One person in my life. We're playing back at the Waffle, my college house. We're playing at the Waffle. We got a big game going. I'm saying 20, 25 people. Big circle. And when it comes to that, I don't usually like to throw across a circle. Because you're bound to hit somebody. But someone's spouting off over there. So I throw it. I throw this dart. And the second I release, I go, oh, fuck. That's bad. And it hits Megan Cadlock. CJ's, you know, probably 2B fiancé. Well, we're not trying to have spoilers. Right? <laughs> no spoilers. But probably 2B fiancé. What we're
0: thinking, yeah.
1: Right in the calf. And I go, oh, shit. And I run over there. Do everything I can. I mean, I've got to tourniquet on. I'm fucking, I'm holding that pressure to the wound, you know. I'm, you know, licking off the blood, kissing it, whatever I need to do. She survives. She does. Fly Miraculously. College, she didn't even feel that much pain. But I did hit her, and I felt so horrible. I never played darts the same again. Never once
0: again. And the demise of Eli Owens on start skills happened that very day. That very day. Okay. Would you say darts are your favorite game? Beer drinking game. Yes.
1: I'm a big hammer slogging
0: fan. And, and for should the, we talk over hammer slogging? We we could we might as well go th- go through a few games and just kind of give people in case in case they don't know in case they go to a like a shitty school not a big party school like let's say the University of Iowa <laughs> and, and they. Exactly. And they, and they need something to help them have a little bit more fun because, you know, you're at, you're at a shitty university. There's not a lot of partying going on. So why not, why not take a little tip from the pros here?
1: <laughs> exactly. So we
0: will, we will educate these people. Start with hammer
1: slogging. Okay. Okay, slogging. you've got a slice cut out of a tree. A big stump. A big stump. Sits on a barrel. So when you're standing up, it's about, top end's probably about waist high. Maybe a little higher. We'll say two, two feet in diameter is probably pretty big. Foot and a half.
0: Yeah, that'd be Foot and bad.
1: a half in diameter. Everyone playing, we'll say you might have what? Anywhere from four to eight players.
0: Yeah. Well, but, you can have as many as you want, but then it starts getting crowded with the nails. And... It's,
1: it's, it's a thing. So we'll say four to eight.
0: Yep. Everyone
1: playing has a nail directly in front of them. That's your nail. And everyone playing has one. And there's one hammer to go around. So it goes around in a circle clockwise. If I was to be the one swinging, I would take the hammer. I'd hold it like I would normally swing it, but I would flip it in the air for one single rotation or as many as you want, most people go with one. But as many rotations as you have is how many swings you get at someone else's nail. We'll say you go with one. You swing the hammer, you catch it. However you catch it, you may not readjust, otherwise a big penalty. So if you catch on the very end on the head and you got to sacrifice a finger to hit that nail, that's what you got to do. If you drop it, you give up your turn, goes the next person. Anyways, you catch a hammer and you get one swing at anyone else's nail. And once their nail is embedded in the wood, as to where you may not get it out of that stump, even with a kitty's paw, you, that is when the person is done. And it goes around until everyone is done but one. Hammer slogging, really simple.
0: The And the main thing is is you have to hit that nail all in one motion. So as, as soon as you catch it, you have to instantly fire. So where it gets dangerous, like you guys said, when you catch it close to the head and you want to hit a nail in the worst way, you're also not trying to take out your thumb or however you're gripping it. So you kind of you kind of got in that split second, make a judgment call. Is is it worth it for me to jam my finger, or is it worth it to get this fucker out? And that that's really what it comes down to. Most of the time you're going to get the fucker out. And 100. I would say 95% you're sacrificing the finger. Exactly. But now if you're a couple construction background guys like me and Yui... We'll just catch it like normal, and we'll fucking hit your nail down in one hit. So what I've – get
1: digging a little deeper into hammerslogging here. What I have noticed in the game of hammerslogging is if you want to be a winner, you better not be good at no. hammerslogging. Because the first person to be good at hammerslogging is the first person that has five, six, seven others going directly for them. Most people I see win a ham- game of hammerslogging – is some person that's hardly ever swung a hammer in their life. They win almost every time because no one goes for them because they're not a threat. They leave them, and all of a sudden you got the one kid that got lucky that is a threat and only has his nail about an eighth inch above the wood and someone else who's not a threat who has their entire nail above the wood because no one swung for him yet. That kid that's a good player might hit the other person one time, but the other person only has to hit the threat one time before they're done. Mm-hmm. So maybe give this guy three times to hit this guy, but this guy's only got to hit this guy one time. And most of the time, that guy that's not a threat is going to win that game.
0: And also another big, big factor in it is the more drinks you have, the lipier a lot of people get, and the minute you start spouting out, all of a sudden you got about five guys across the stump who are about ready to fucking take you out.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: What's another game, before? Well, we could go typical. I, I think this will be a big discussion because everyone plays it a little differently. Beer pong. Beer pong. And now, at Iowa State, we don't play with actual beer. So we, we, got, we got the same setup. We got your typical 4-3-2-1. We got water in the cups. And now, we do not remove the cups as soon as they are fired into. So Eli and I played a lot of games of pong together. If I hit the middle cup, that is the bitch cup, I must remove my pants, and I may may not... Or
1: or play from the knees.
0: Or play from the knees, but obviously, I mean, it's a pretty obvious choice. (laughs) And I may not put my pants on or go up from my knees until I make another cup again. Or, of course, my teammate does. Now, another thing is, too, is since we don't remove the cup, is if we hit the same cup, you get actually two out instead of just the one. So let's say I hit the front right cup, Eli hits it two, we get two, cu- two cups out, chosen by the opponents, and then we get balls back. So anytime both, both your teammates hit a cup, you get the balls back and you can go for as long as you can until you guys, one of you guys miss.
1: Exactly. And as far as beer pong, I mean, for the most part, pretty universal.
0: And I would say so. Everyone's got their own little hiccups exactly. in it that just I would,
1: make it unique. I would say, even like within Ames, you go to different house parties and you're going to see different hiccups. You're going to see mm-hmm. different house rules from anything from no same cup, no blah, 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 blah no this, no that, no whatever, you it, know, and this, this, that. You know, you're going to see a lot of different rules and you just kind of got to. And
0: of course, you hit two in a row, you, you say heating up. Hit three, you're on fire, you're, you get your ball back, but you got to say it before the other other team says it, before yeah. you.
1: So that's, that's a game where there is a lot of little variations.
0: Yeah, it. I would say it, I played with some people down in Tennessee on spring break, and it, it seemed like a complete 360 from how we play it here. But that's just – everyone's got their little nuances exactly. to it. That's what makes exactly. it fun.
1: Now, you know, this has brought up a pretty good question. I'd like to ask you. I think it's a good time for conversation. So – when we started in college, when we'd go out at nights, what would you say we did most of the time? Like, what were we doing? What was the occasion? Where were we going?
0: Uh, I would say when you're a freshman, you're first off in college, you get those typical big parties that they have every weekend that you hear about, and you're going there. House parties. House parties, yes, sir. Sophomore year? Sophomore year, you're... You still like your house parties, but you're like, you're starting to get to that point where you're like, all my older friends are going to the bars, I want to get into the bars, so you use your fake as much as you can, you try to get to the bars, and you kind of split that gap between staying with your younger friends at house parties and going out with your older friends at the bars.
1: Okay, sophomore year's a mix.
0: Junior year,
1: you're getting pretty well bar-oriented. Yes. Okay, so I'd like to stop you there. What okay. do you prefer? What do- If you could go back. Next weekend, what do you want to do? Like, what... Like, not... Think... Don't think about what all your other friends are doing. Okay. Just, they, they follow you wherever you want to go. Okay. Do you prefer a house party or the bar?
0: I say it depends on the group of friends I'm with. Because you get some friends who like staying around the house party and shit like that. Or don't want to spend money, Be, But me... I am kind of a bar guy. I like bars. I like all the different games you can play. I like it. I don't have to wear a backpack and bring it out to the party. And honestly, there's just a lot more variety of stuff I can drink. So if we want to do shots, we got shit there. We can just buy it. There we go. Boom. But that's just me. What, what about you?
1: I'm going to have to uh, disagree. Okay. I am a big house party guy. I love house parties. I think, I don't know, what I think, I've had a couple of conversations with some friends lately. What I think happened is the c 19 er ruined house parties. Because they went through that thing and they're like, if we can hear you from the street. We're coming in and we have an warrant to arrest you, blah, 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 blah. If no one has a on. So everyone got scared, quit throwing house parties, and everyone went to the bar. And I don't know if it's just people getting older, because I don't know. I can't go back and do it again and see what happens again but I saw a lot of people transition from house parties to bars. I love house parties. I love house parties. I, I, can't, I, I would much rather go to a house party than a bar. I don't need shots. If I want to pack some shots, okay, you, you go with your friends. If, if the shots thing's a big deal, you say, okay, I'm gonna bring my pack backpack full of beer, you bring your backpack full of beer, you bring your backpack full of beer. I'm going to bring a fifth of this. You bring a fifth of this. You bring a fifth of this. We'll shoot it around. Type thing. I you know mm-hmm. that, that's like a lot to organize to go to a house party. But I prefer house parties. You get you get out on the lawn. You start a fire. You talk to all your buddies. You uh, might steal something from a house, which is always fun. Not a good thing. I don't, don't advise it. Don't whatever. I don't agree with it. Fun thing, at the very least.
0: This is what I would say what makes Iowa State. Kind of nice. It kinda of not it depends what you want to do, but I think it kinda of varies what what you do. It kinda of forces you into varying what you do. Is the bars in, in Ames are relatively strict I'd say compared to like the University of Iowa, UNI USD. USD. So Iowa State if you're a freshman, unless you got a really good fake, you're probably not getting in. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depended on the nights, and you had those nights at, at Mickey's on dollars where you could, if as long as you get in before the bouncer comes, you're good. But I'd say for the most part, you're going to house parties the majority of your freshman and sophomore year. And just when you get about to the point where you're all house partied out, look it, we just turned 21. So you go to the bars. And I think... Once you get to senior year, it depends on who's there. Obviously, we didn't make it to our senior year. But then, then you're kind of just up for both because you've had both. You've had great times at both, and you just kind of just do whatever you want, whatever you want to do to enjoy the last year. That makes sense, too. A good mix is always good. Because, you know, you get those, like, these other places that's easier to go to. You go to these bars as a freshman. Well, you go to these same bars for four years. I mean, I just know a lot of people who go to those colleges who just get all barred out of those places because they've just been there so many times.
1: Yeah. That's the thing about a good house party. There's always variety. Mm -hmm. You're going to see people you've never seen before. Now, if I go into Mickey's or uh, whatever the other one, AJ's, whatever, you're going to see a lot of the same people. Size. Mm -hmm. You'll see a lot, of, especially Mickey's, because that's when I frequented a lot. You'll see a lot of the same people. But you go to a house party, you never know who you're going to see. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more people having a lot more fun, being a lot more free. You don't, it don't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, you're getting into a house party. Because no one's going to be a bouncer and turning around.
0: You're getting it. Uh, well, and that brings me to the next thing. The most genius thing that frat parties do is they try to make it exclusive. And they try to make it where it's a frickin' big deal if you get in. So they, they limit the amount of people to make, to make you, it's a mind fuck to make you want to get in that much more. Have you ever been? No. <laughs> Me either. Do you desire to go? No. <laughs> Me either. But, but, a lot of people go crazy for that shit because they know it's limited on who gets in. And essentially, if you're a chick, you get in. Congratulations. If you're a guy, you got to be really cool or bring, like, five other chicks with you.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, really cool is kind of a subjective term.
0: No, but you know how it is. I suppose.
1: <laughs> I as a, mean, I've nicotine cool. in. And I've never gotten to a frat party. I've never even shown up to a frat party. I've never gotten tried to get into a frat
0: party. I don't desire it. No, but you get those satellite houses and... The, and yeah. th- nothing against all these satellite houses are a little different though because I never had a problem bit, yeah. getting
1: into a satellite house party.
0: It's still creepy, and God forbid when I have daughters, the googly eyes of frat guys, and just getting in a big huddle in the corner and staring at girls. It's, 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 we don't
1: want to rap on frat guys. No,
0: but it's it's a little creepy, and it needs to be addressed for all you fucking weirdo wanna rapey weird dudes. All right, so. hold on one second. Let everyone hear this?
1: What a crack. That was a good crack. Good crack. So. Anyways, we're split on decision. House parties, bars, whatever. I mean, if you know us, you listen to this, we'd love to hear your input. We would. House parties versus bars. What do you like? Mm-hmm. What do you like? And I know a lot of colleges probably don't offer the house party atmosphere that Iowa State does. No. Iowa State has a good house party atmosphere. But that being said, the last year or semester I was in college, not many house parties. If it wasn't at the Waffle or the Piss Pail or the Cockpit, it wasn't a house party.
0: There wasn't many others. And then again, I feel like it all comes down to it's not, and this is for everything. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And connections are big for everything.
1: But I would say I had a lot more connections as a junior, but I heard a lot more, I heard about a lot more house parties as a freshman.
0: Mm -hmm. maybe because I was just searching I think you search more because you want to get all college acclimated so you're asking all your new friends or people you know that have gone there for a bit where everything's at and then you just kind of go from there yeah
1: alright total 180 Alec Langle. what is your favorite beer Uh, let me take a guess (laughs) don't change your mind you gotta tell me if I'm right Alec Langle is a Bud Light fan.
0: And, and I am. Now, did I like their anti corn Super Bowl commercial a couple years ago? No. But do I like myself? But a close second is Bush Light. But I do enjoy myself a good Bud Light quite a lot. Now, what I really dislike in beer, and honestly, I'll drink any beer that's cold and free. That's my favorite kind of beer. But uh, Coors. I just and, and I know you feel the same way but I'm just going to get this out there. Coors beer is shit, folks. It Coors really Light. Coors, Coors, Light. Coors Light. The Banquet's a little different sort. <laughs> but Coors Light tastes terrible. It just gives me an instant headache because some fucking magic fairy pissed in it. I don't know. I just I cannot do Coors Light. No. Hate it with a passion. No, I hate Coors
1: Light. I love Bush Light. I'll drink Bush Beer. I'll drink Bud Light. I don't love it as much. I'll drink Bud Weiser. Love it. But when it comes to Coors Light, I cannot drink this shit. I love Coors Banquet. The what, Yellow Jackets they call them. Mm-hmm. Especially after walking, watching Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. On I Yellowstone, so. they love those suckers. Mm-hmm. Me personally, cannot drink this shit. I hate it. It's gross. uh, Like, I'd much rather stroll out in a little wheat field, pick a little wheat stem, and chew on it. And I think it would be better than
0: Coors. Well, and not to pick on all you guys who like Coors, but is your intelligence level that low that you need mountains to see if it's cold or not? Me, I just grab a beer and I can just tell. Well,
1: me, I don't even need it to be cold. That's the thing. I would rather drink warm Bush Light than cold Coors Light.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: like it.
0: So, I mean, it, as, good, as good as people think Coors Light is, I just think they need to get their lips on a good, nice, cold bush light.
1: There, it, But at the same It'll time... It'll
0: change their life.
1: At the same time, there's a place for those people that like Coors Light. There is. There is. every
0: Hell. No, we're kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean. I know, had you on the Yeah You, you <laughs> had
1: me. You know, it takes all kinds of kinds.
0: Yes, it, and it does. And while we just listed our favorite beer, why don't you uh hit us up with your favorite liquors, even? My favorite liquor. Your favorite liquors.
1: Liquor? You brought her. <laughs> 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 Anyways. <laughs> so, never been a big liquor. I mean, I drink liquor. I don't. Yeah, I can't lie to you. But I've never been like a huge liquor guy. I've been a big beer guy. It's how I was brought up. Mostly because I think my family drinks so many beers so damn fast, when we switch to the liquor, we drink it at the same speed, we get fucked up a lot faster. And all of a sudden, we all end up fucked up. So, don't drink a lot of it. Um, I started BV. BV Karma. I hate it now. I cannot stand it. I will not touch it. I haven't had BV in probably three years. And I will not ever plan to do it again in my life. Unless I'm dying of hydration, I need something. I will not drink that.
0: I hate it. Me too, for other reasons, which I might tell the story later on in the podcast.
1: So anyways, don't drink BB. I don't. You can. Props to you. I know guys that drink it by the palate.
0: Just the smell of it does not sit well with it's me.
1: It's different. And it's Canadian, so it kind of throws me off. Anyways, past that. I've always been a big Jack Daniels fan. I like Jack Daniels a lot. I think it's really good, really pure. It's really good with Coke. I'm a big Coke guy. Jack Daniels is great with Coke. It's a little hearty. makes you kind of feel like a badass when you drink it. It's really good. At the same time, I've heard a lot of people say it turns a mean, which I don't know, they might just be drunk. I but just,
0: I've never have gotten people who are extremely angry when they drink. I've never been angry when I drink. Do I do dumb shit? Yes. But I think everything is the funniest thing ever. I'm in a great mood every time I drink. Every once in a while I get horny. You know the, ty- the typical, the typical oh good effects of, of alcohol are seem to be the ones that translate oh, with me the best.
1: Oh, I hope if all of you left before that, I feel sorry for you. I hope you just heard that.
0: <laughs> well, hey, we're hey, we're just, we're trying to be real on this, and I'm just letting you guys know. Here's the I mean. deal: I was thinking it, but I was never. <laughs> I, I don't want to put a filter on what I say on the, or on our own podcast. So, I'm the same way, though.
1: Why would you ever get mad, mean, whatever? Don't oh. do it. Jack
0: Daniels doesn't bother me. I love it. Love mm-hmm. Jack
1: Daniels. Lately, as many people know, I have taken a certain fonding to Southern Comfort. So I, I love Dr. Pepper. The Dr. McPepsky, as we like to call it, is my favorite
0: pop, probably. And... It's, it's really good. It's probably my second favorite, but I really don't think you respect a nice, cold mountain dew as much as you should. I
1: love: really I love a good mountain dew. I'll tell you what. If I'm drinking pot before 10 a.m, most times before lunch, it's a mountain dew.: mm-hmm. I think Mountain Dew is a great morning pop. It is.: After lunch, I'm a big
0: Dr. Pepper guy.
1: So like I said, I've lately taken a certain finding too. Southern Comfort.
0: As he brings out, brings out a nice little handle of Southern Comfort, well, a right? A handle
1: now. of seventy proof, thirty five percent alcohol. New Orleans made Southern Comfort, called Spirit of New Orleans. And the great thing, I just like I said, just recently, just recently found love for the Southern Comfort, and I I do love it, and it is now my favorite whiskey by far. Um, the best thing about it. I could make as tall, as wide of a glass of Southern Comfort Dr. Pepper, which is the only thing I mix it with. Southern Comfort SoCo Dr. Pepper. As much, I could put as much Southern Comfort in that drink as I want. And as long as it has a splash of Dr. Pepper, it's terrific. Most times, less Dr. Pepper, the better. And I know Alec, have you you ever had a SoCo Dr. Pepper?
0: No, I, I'm not.
1: I am about to make a SoCo Dr. Pepper for Alec to try, and I will definitely finish it off. Alec's going to try it though first. And I will make the house recipe, Southern Comfort, Dr. Pepper, and for the first time ever on this podcast, as all of you listen, Alec will be trying.
0: I, I will give you Alec, my best as review. I
1: make this... Take him on a little ride of some sort of story.
0: Well, I, I would just like to give him an insight of what my typical... So, uh, when I was first starting to drink, of course, not till I was 21, of course. <laughs> but uh, I was always a big vodka guy. Vodka made me feel really, really good. And I feel like that's something that everyone kind of starts out with. So, I was UV blue to the max. Lo- loved it to death. I think a lot of people start out on UV blue, but uh, always felt good, never had a problem handling, handling it. And then it got to the point, probably sophomore year of college, where I was mainly drinking beer, that I started drinking vodka again, and every time was an instant blackout. And as you know, Eve, there's always a good time for a good blackout. But uh, there's also times where I'd like to be halfway functional. And it was at that point where I was blacking out on it about every time, which I probably still will, it's been a while, that I switched to a good old Captain Morgan. And to me, a good old Captain Coke is something that just cannot be beat. I love it, it's smooth. Is it the highest percent? No, but that's not, not really my style. I like something I can tolerate drinking, it's smooth, and gets the job done. So whenever I go to a bar, or even... As I drink casually right now, I got one. I got myself a Captain Coke or a Captain Dr. Pepsi. All
1: right, so I have just made up this uh, wonderful slogan for Dr. Pepper.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will be the first taste tester, just to make sure it's up to my standards. Good,
0: for good, good. It, and guys, this is all FDA approved. So cheers to all of you listening. He is. Cheers. He's taking a sip, and he has determined.
1: It's worth
0: a try. It's worth a try. Now, says. keep
1: in mind, this probably has probably at least two shots of whiskey in it, mm-hmm. if not two.
0: And guys, I, before I even drink this, I had never been a huge whiskey fan. So if this is good, then you'll know it's, it's really good. So I shall take a sip right now. <laughs> so much pressure on the line here. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, I don't taste the southern, any kind of alcohol in it, to be honest with you. And how much, you said a couple shots in there? For sure. That's, that's, that's... a
1: half and a half at the very least.
0: Well, that's pretty smooth. <laughs> that, that's something you can easily drink. That's not like a whiskey on the rocks you're just sipping out of a nice little whiskey glass. That's something you can actually just drink and take gulps of.
1: Which is dangerous.
0: Which is dangerous, so like but a, a guy likes to do that every okay. once in a while. Probably more than he should. And guys, I, I do have a feeling we will be talking about drinking quite a bit in this podcast. Just to let you know, but I, I think we all, we all love nice. it in our own way.
1: I mean, we don't want to beat a dead horse, but we do love to drink.
0: We do, we do.
1: You know, I would venture to say. We probably won't make a single one of these podcasts where we don't have a drink
0: in our... Yes, we, I would, unless something serious happens, like Betty White dying again, (laughs) (laughs) then, then we might be sober for it because, guys, it's Betty fucking White.
1: You know what does piss me off is no one ever let us know that she was going.
0: No, I, well, I think it was kind of unexpected and... I don't know. Damn near 100 years first, first, you see the great John Madden dies.
1: Well, far before Joe Diffie.
0: It, yeah. <laughs> so Joe Joe fucking deader and fuck. <laughs> Next thing you know, John Madden, maker of the great game Madden, which Eli and I like to play, great broadcaster, great coach dies. And then like a week later... Betty fucking White dies. And I tell you what, that lady did not age the last 30 years of her life. She looked the same from 69 as she was 99. and now I would have
1: banged her at 69. I probably would have banged her at 99.
0: Well, and she didn't look any different, so I can't... I mean, if you liked her at 69, you were going to like her at 99 as well.
1: And here's the deal, Bob
0: sagging. Bob's fucking sagging. Bob's sagging. And as Eli... So graciously said, the house is no longer full. Okay, <laughs> there is plenty There's of a, room in, the house. in that house now. Bob's thank room.
1: Thank God. I mean, that's the one good thing. I, I rest in peace, Bob Sagan. But thank God that house is no longer so damn full.
0: No, and especially once all Bob's kids had kids. I mean, that was even a fuller house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like how uh, I rolled that in there? Oh but boy. uh
1: we're probably approaching an hour.
0: Uh I think cut off. Well, how long should we go? they're
1: not listening anymore.
0: Well, they probably already aren't. <laughs>
1: if, you're, if you're still around right now, you're a you true of anything else. No, anymore.
0: you're a true. <laughs> not well, thing. And this is one of those things though where. You've been listening to the same podcast day in and day out. You see, oh, shit, Eli and Alec made a podcast? Boy, this will be something. (laughs) So you're you're at work and you're like, fuck, I guess I'll give this a go. (laughs) And if you stick around to this, guys, props to you. If you're
1: still here, you'll be here in
0: a year when we're doing our 52nd episode because we're going to try to put one out. Try to do it weekly. And, guys, I'll be in the field during harvest, but the great thing about the Anchor app, which I'll promote right now – is you can do it over calls, anything. So I there will be times yes. I will be in a tractor or running a combine, and we, we can, and we can still one, be one podcasting. Oh, oh. Whoa! Oh, I You, you
1: know, a... you know the great thing about them tractors you boys run these days. There's a buddy seat. There is. I could damn well. Find That's sure too. Buddy seat. You know the one thing about them harvest days is I think we should try to get some guests on this thing.
0: Yes, I think, well, if and we will. Of paint, guys, we, we will, guys.
1: We will. We will. You know, Chris Bainash, I think, is the guy that we're going to get on
0: this thing uh-huh. probably several yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, maybe a Caden Knight. Brock Nojava. You know what would be a fun... Brock fu-
1: Nojava would spill some knowledge on you. in
0: uh, uh, a fun, maybe, mystery guest star, Alex Kellen. Alex Kellen? Kellen. If
1: Alex Kellen was on this podcast...
0: Well, well you guys would for surely still be on this <laughs> We retire. We would, might even retire. So... But uh, to wrap it up, guys, I think uh, we enjoyed doing this. We kind of always talked about doing this. Finally, we just went out and did it, and we're hoping to try to get one in every week. And like I said, it's it's a variety of topics. It's one of those things where we, we always have a lot of good talks at night while we're doing whatever when we get home from work. And we figured, you know what? Someone might want to listen to us spouting off about this or that, and we, we think... Uh, We'll either educate you, make you dumber, or make you laugh. And really, if we can do one of those three things, I mean, that, that, that's a complete podcast right there.
1: Like I said, educate's
0: probably the last thing we'll do. Probably, but I, yeah. We're, we we're
1: not... might educate you on some things you never needed nor wanted <laughs> to know. No. But we'll let you know. And if you hold that in your brain, that steel trap of a brain you have, darling, it'll be great. But here's the deal. We hope to see you back next week. We hope that you are here this week to hear this. We love every single one of you. And we hope that you support us through all of this venture. And I hope you got in on the ground floor as we just have tonight. And lastly, but very much not the least, we hope to see you back
0: next week. We do.
1: And you know what? Oh, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yes, yes it does. <laughs> and... Please stick around because really the thing we're trying to figure out as we talk throughout every episode is, and we we always wonder it no matter what, is does the carpet (laughs) match the drink? (laughs) And if you just said, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) You belong here. You belong with us. So thanks for listening. Um, Have a great night. Have a great week. And we... Can't wait to have you guys tune in next week. All so right. for us from the "Hope That Makes Make Sense podcast, good, good night. night. Good
1: night.